Howdy there, Cozy Zone friends. Ben Weber here. Thank you so much for listening to the thrilling conclusion of my incredible conversation with W.T. McRae. This is episode 48 of Cozy Zone with me, Ben Weber. Side E, we got W.T. McRae on Babel Day. In this final segment, W.T. talks about his sobriety he uh, asks me an incredible question. He asks, uh, what is my research question as an art scientist? I, uh, I try to find the words to explain that. We talk about formulas of, of artistic projects and, and tropes and, and things like that. And we, we say goodbye. Um, it's sad to, to leave the cozy world of, of WT post Babel company training, uh, but I, I hope you enjoy, and thanks again for being such a wonderful Cozy Zone audience. Enjoy. How, how, many, how many years have you not been drunk? Well, I just had my 14-year anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. I'm old. I'm getting old, Ben. Don't it's tell okay. anybody. That's okay. Oh, wait. I just told everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you could be, you could be, <laughs> uh, you know, you could be uh, 20. You just have a really serious... Really serious childhood. I mean, that's a little bit true. Yeah. That's kind of how it worked. Yeah. That's really fantastic. Yeah. Sobriety years. was like um, kind of necessary. I OD'd when I was 22. Mm. I got something called rhabdomyolysis, which is where uh, it's like severe dehydration from mm. all the chemicals you put in your body and your oh. kidneys fail. So I spent months in intensive care on dialysis. I had four heart attacks. Oh my God. I'd been in the hospital for like, mm, at least 12 days when the doctors were like rounding and I was feeling like, great, this is like going to be over soon. And the doctors were like, man, if you live through this, you're going to have to change some things about the way you're living. And it was kind of crazy to have been in a hospital for 12 days and to have somebody saying, like, if you live through this. I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> You're really messing with my sense of invincibility. Yeah. <laughs> you were in your 20s? I was 22, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was like the, um, the November after 9-11. Wow. So that next year. 9-11 was like a hinge point for me, I think. I was like already kind of dark and twisty on the inside, and that happened, and I just... Oh, man. Were you just doing everything? Like, what were you What were you doing? Yeah, kind of whatever was in front of me. Wow. Yeah. I, You know, and like, it didn't feel necessarily like super dark, and like, it wasn't like the after-school special version. I, I burn hot. I kind of know that if you know me, like I don't sit still well. And so at the time I was like dancing with a couple of companies and like creating street shows and like I was on my feet all the time and 
instead of going home and resting, I would like go out and dance at a club and party and drink and do drugs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a really permissive family. So I like, I don't know. I kind of never, in a lot of ways I wasn't asking any questions about whether it was detrimental. I was just like, this is a thing people do. This is what you do. Yeah. And so when I, when I, when I hit the hospital, I was like, wow, that was weird. Like, I guess I overdid it that night. And, um, I didn't, I didn't believe that it was habitual. I didn't believe I had a drug or an alcohol problem, um, until later. Like when I got out of the hospital after that, all that time, I weighed 93 pounds. Oh my God. I was so, so weak. I could like barely get up and down stairs. And so I had some really incredible physical therapists that I worked with six days a week, um, which was a, such a blessing that like w- the situation I could provide that for me. And I, um, I would go to them and I was still like partying with this boyfriend at the time that was really terrible for me for a number of reasons, but we were still partying and I was like, I just need to keep it in control. And, um, it was March and I went into physical therapy and my physical therapist like pulled me into his office, which was weird. He was like, you know, I don't know what's going on with you, but he was like, you're not making the gains you should be. And he was like, I I just got to tell you, I don't think you'll ever dance again. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so it was all of a sudden like being faced with this inability to move my body as a way of expressing myself. And um and I went to a meeting for the first time that night. Wow. Yeah. That was the first day of my sobriety. It was March first. Again, connected to art. Yeah. The the threat of not being able to Yeah, that was enough. The idea that like it was dangerous, like I don't think that was, maybe that shows like a real like detriment of self-worth, but like, I don't, I didn't have any fear of like, maybe you'll die. Yeah. That didn't quite, isn't that weird? That didn't scare me. I mean, uh, I mean, I can understand that. I, I mean, yeah, I think like art makes me feel better. Yeah. Solving creative problems makes me feel, that's when I feel my best. Yeah, it's also all I want to do all day. Yeah, me, me too. That's why we are gonna gonna go to the cozy zone in the Bronx. Yeah, is that what it's called? Happy place or cozy zone? I think it has to be called cozy zone. If you're down, I'm yeah, down. I think I think I think we should cozy like, zone. not mess with a great name. All right, cozy zone. It's in a the good Bronx. place to get cozy. Ooh, God. To heal. Yeah, I love this idea about like. You know, often people sort of look at uh, my career. You were asking earlier about, like, what do you do? Yeah. And that's such an annoying question out in the world uh, because m- most of the people that ask me that question have a single job they go to for, yeah. you know, every day. Mm-hmm. And no two days are alike. And I work seven days a week. And it's, on a short day, that's usually like six hours of working. And on a long day, it can be 16 hours of working. And, um, those things range, uh, but like between teaching and producing and like directing and performing and like the thing I think I do most is I create spaces 
in which an experience happens. Right? And I, in some ways, even when I'm drawing a story, it's still like creating a space in which an experience happens. Um, whether that's healing or investigation or a conversation like this. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that answers a question that I didn't ask, but I was thinking about earlier about like what is the like what is the through line? What is the like coherent? What is the thing that draws all of your creative practices together? And that answers that question. I think it. I, I think so. You know, and like in a lot of ways, it's like creating that that space for me too. Yeah. I think in a, I think in a lot of ways like that I created that because like growing up things were often very erratic and unpredictable and so as an adult I really like look for w- ways to create safe space mm-hmm. whether that's like building a nice home with my husband mm-hmm. or like really mindfully creating a training space for for a company I work with or like really trying to scaffold a safe classroom for people to express themselves or like building a piece of theater that moves you. Yeah. I don't know. WG, do you have any questions for me? Do I have any questions for you? Oh, I didn't know I get to have questions. Yeah. Well, ask, ask me anything moment. I love, I love those moments. Mm -hmm. I wonder, I, you know, it's funny because I, I see you, you know, we work together. We do. And I, I often wonder, like, what what the full expression of your career looks like. Like, I think, I think you're really uh, bringing great voice to, to the jobs you do at work, but uh, your ambition seems louder than what's happening in that space. And you're... Yeah, I, I wonder a lot. Like I listen to the Cozy Zone. I know, I know. Like comedy is a curiosity, but like, what is what is the thing? What is the thing you want to meet, make, or follow? Or what is your what is your research question as an art scientist? Oh boy, that's a great question, WT. Let me uh, let me see if I can see if I can muster up an answer for today. It's a very important question. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. What is my research question? As, As an, an art, art scientist. scientist, yeah. I think what I want most of all, uh, th- at least this is this is what has come to my mind today, is I want to make work that invites people to be the best audience they can be. I want I want people to when they're experiencing a work of art to understand their necessity of like their necessity as audience to make that work of art valid. Like a, a work of art doesn't exist if there's no audience. Uh, an author, an a painter, a dancer, nothing matters. Their their output doesn't matter unless there is someone to be Witness. there. And witness and make meaning from it. Hmm. And I don't think, I don't think that audiences understand their power, their their importance, uh, what they need to do there. Like I, I, this is slightly unrelated, but I recently w- went to sleep no more again with a friend, and 
I'm, I'm expecting that like all the masked people are going to like, it's been going on for years and years. Like people are probably like bold and like walking around and like, you know, they get it at this point. Mm -hmm. And everyone was scared shitless. All of these masked people were so timid and like moving slowly and so afraid of everything around them. Hmm. I'm just like, guys, like, no, no, no. Haven't you read about this? Yeah. Like this is like, (laughs) you can do whatever you want. You're fine. Like you're wearing a mask. No one can see you. Like be, be your full selves, be worse, be a carnival, like go crazy. And the, you know, the black mask people will, you know, bounce you or whatever that they need to do. But I guess like, I want to make, I want to make work. I want to be an artist and the kind of art that I want to make implicates you as spectator to be better Hmm. than you were before. That feels like a very like, um, Marina Abramovic kind of question. Maybe. It feels like a, I don't know. It also, it feels uh, strangely confrontational. I think, I think it is. I think it is confrontational. Uh, and I, because there's, there's value. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a stance, you know, there's a politic, there's a, there's a thing that, there's a way I think things should be. Hmm. You know? It was a hypothesis. Yeah. The world would be better if... The world would be better if people asked better talkback questions, for example, <laughs> right? Like, why can't people ask good talkback questions? Because oh, where do you learn? You know you what know, I mean? Sometimes I, I think that uh, this is one of my, like, deep, confounding sets of feelings about the arts is, like, somewhere somewhere in the commodification of the arts process in the like uh i don't i don't know i've all i've like uh, traveling theories about where it starts but like maybe it's when we start to record music and your kid's sister who plays the piano is like less um no longer your only source of music like now mm-hmm. you have the recording of of these other like masters who right. are better better at the piano than your right. kid's sister you know like right um, but somewhere we, the commodification of, of our field, like sort of creates this sense that like these professional artists understand art right? and they're up there in these ivory towers making capital A art right? and you don't understand it. You're lucky if you get to sit down in those, those, you know, uncomfortable chairs and, yeah. and access that. And I, I don't know. I think it's dangerous. And I think, I think in some ways, like we've done such a good job of convincing people that, that they just like believe it. Yeah. I hear people all the time like, Oh, I don't, I don't understand dance or I don't understand art. I don't understand Shakespeare. And I'm like, when I, when I tease at it, it's often because they're like, well, I don't like it. Maybe you just don't like it. Yeah. And it should be, you should like it. You like, Art should be made so that you like it or that you don't like it and you like say something about it. Yeah. And you support the art that you do like. And like, it's like, I, I don't know, like, yeah, everyone, everyone is correct. Like audiences are correct. And I, I don't know, like, I guess it's harsh. Like if you make something bad and people don't like it, like that hurts. That feels bad. But also like, 
But see, like, even in that is this narrative, like, this is, this is going to be my thing I end up screaming about when my, when, when I go crazy and they put me in institutional, I'll yeah. be screaming about this idea of like good art, bad art, right? You know, pervasive cultural ideal that like, right. You can look at it and go, Oh yeah, that's good theater. That's bad theater. That's sure, a sure, good sure. movie, a bad movie. Sure. And, and like even some of the most like, mm, entrenched arts thinkers I know still have these like knee jerk, good art, bad art right. narratives. Right. But like, I think it has to be through a lens. Right. Good. Why? Good right. in what way? Like, right. Good vocal acting, right. bad physical acting, yeah. good narrative structure, bad time management. Yeah. Right? Like the why of it is much more interesting. And I, I don't know. I have a lot of questions around like why we allow that to be like these definitive answers. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And it kills creativity. Yeah. Like if you're on the hook for making a thing that's just generally good. Yeah, what does that mean? There's and no to whom? there's no audience for that, right? Like No. And creating to the general audience of naysayers, like you're gonna make a thing that's like toothless and gutless and safe. And I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna make that. I don't wanna no. see it. No, and it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help us grow. It doesn't help any like that's not gonna heal you. No, and it's not going to heal anybody watching it either. Yeah. Because it's like safe jello. Yeah. Or it's... Uh, has no texture. Or it, it appeals <laughs> to... It, it is, appeals to like already uh, n- uh, colonized ideas. Like, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing new. There's no... It's no adventure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean... You Luke has to take the risk of being ugly. Yeah. You could predict the plot of the village through the trailer because art is a very limited set of formulas. Maybe. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I guess I would argue that a lot of things are formulaic and formulaic because certain formulas are pleasurable. And you know they work. Yeah. I mean, I often actually like really love the formula. Yeah. Like House. Did you ever watch House? I did, yeah. I loved the first couple of seasons of House. It was so soothing to me because you would enter and there would be these mysteries, but like the structure was so consistent. Yeah. And and then it always sort of worked out the same three ways, you know, right. like red herring, red herring, red herring, magical healing, everybody's <laughs> happy. Yeah. You know, and like House is a jerk the whole time. And, yeah. You know, at some point I feel like they asked the question like how do we blow up the structure? Yeah. And I like, I was no longer that into the show. Interesting. I mean, also it also felt like they were like, you know, determined to then like just make terrible things happen to house all the way to the like bottom of the <laughs> gulch. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like now we're going to dismantle his kingdom one brick at a time. And I didn't, I don't know, I but wasn't it, into it. Um, I would uh, maybe offer that house, the structure of house is almost as appealing as like classical music, where you, like, classical music is really pleasant to listen to because you know the structure of it. And pop yeah. music or a pop song or anything, yeah. There's a lot of pleasure in recognition because it makes you feel smart. It, it like jives with your cells, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of relief <laughs> to, to a, an anxious, uh, an anxious soul. I imagine. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, being able to expect what's coming next. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But in order for growth to happen, you need to shake up the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. Take a risk. Yeah. Stand up on top of somebody that's moving. Yeah, Jesus. WT, thank you so, so much for your time and uh, entering into this, this babble space. Yeah, thanks for like checking out my weird version of a cozy zone. Oh yeah, I love it. It it's uh it's perfect. And everyone loves you so much, clearly. Like everyone is is very very nourished by this space. That was something I could tell. And uh people people love to talk about how their bodies move even if it, they were the only people understanding what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a great room. I feel really lucky to like be a part of it. And I'm really happy to share it. I hope you'll come back yeah, and play with I, us. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. It was very, very warm. I felt held, literally. literally. I was held. Yeah, this is I mean, I know we're like wrapping up, but like this is like a thing I think about all the time is like when you teach some kind of acrobatics, there's a moment where an adult gets like picked up and held. And I think for a lot of us, that's the first time since like being a very small child, particularly for male bodied humans who like tend to quit getting picked up at like three or four. Yes. And it's really unbelievably nourishing. Oh yeah. Like just pick me up. Yeah. Hold me. Yeah. And I feel safe and like can like go to that. Like there's some, there's something there. Uh, Oh, oh, absolutely. And like when I don't get this for a week, I feel a little like, uh, can you just pick me up? <laughs> so a recommendation to everyone to have some sort of partner acrobatic practice. Uh, yeah. 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 And, you know, get in touch. I'll, I'll lead a, a gentle acro space where everybody mm. can get held and trade time massage or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, I want to say too that, uh, oh, oh gosh. Oh, there's something about working on a skill too that is very relaxing because you're working towards this thing that you're going to either land or not land and you can get better at it. And it, we're all working together on this sort of larger thing. Like it's not like, Oh, I'm bad because I can't do this impossible like handstand or, you know, it's like, we're all we're all working on our practice together, and I don't know that there's just something about like s- working on a skill like juggling or acro that like yeah. is sort of I, I don't know what sort of how you would classify those things, but like there's a lot there's it was a very judgment free place to do that, and well, I think that's I mean I think that's like uh, one of the things that I know we do well is sort of like creating a space in which like we're going to aim at some really challenging material and the stakes for it are like really low. Yeah. You know, it's like as long as nobody gets hurt, yeah. we either like do it or we don't. Right. Yeah. Which is why we have training and not like we have training even when we're having rehearsal. Mm. So like if we have a rehearsal period, we'll still put like a Sunday training in, which is a day where like no outcomes are responsible. Mm. We're just working with the material in our bodies and seeing what we learn, yeah. which feels really, I don't know. Everybody needs a little training. Amen. 
WT, again, thank you so, so much. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I can't wait to hang out with you again. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'll see you right after this. Yeah, great. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to Side E, the final side of episode 48, W.T. McRae on Babel Day. Uh, it is a pleasure to have you with us. Please uh, stay tuned next time. I'm going to be playing some some stuff from the archives. I'm, I'm dredging up some recordings I made last year at uh, Figment on Governor's Island. Hope you enjoy that. Uh, catch all the Cozy Zone action at BenWeberProjects.com. Follow me on Instagram, BenWeberProjects. Follow me on Twitter, at CozyZones. And of course, like the Cozy Zone Foundation on Facebook, for the Cozy Zone Foundation is our exclusive sponsor. Hope you have a wonderful time, no matter what time that is. And uh, talk to you soon. Take care. Black Lives Matter.